Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Hi, everyone. Elaine and Diane here. And we know that you want your complex kids to grow up to be happy and independent. And yet you're not always sure how or when to help with that. In this podcast, we'll encourage you to collaborate with all kinds of complex kids and support them in navigating life and learning. And we'll interview leading experts from around the world, as well as parents in our own community, talking about how training for parents actually helps these complex kids. We'll talk about the issues we hear parents struggling with all the time and how a coach approach can support and empower your amazing young people. We won't tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure out how. So let's move on to the next conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. We get to talk with Elena Nichols today, and I'm so excited to bring you one of the most spectacular coaches on our bench, one of the many spectacular coaches on our bench. Um, And what that means is that Elena is a coach who was established as a coach and came into our world and and went through additional training and certification with us and has has really joined us as a partner in so many ways and and works with us at Impact Parents to bring this message of the coach approach out to the world of parents of complex kids. So we are thrilled to have you here today. Thank Welcome. you. I'm thrilled, thrilled to be here. Why don't you, Elena, why don't you start us with a little bit of the backstory? How did you end up I get here. <laughs> How did I end up there? Here. here, I started into coaching kind of by accident because I had a friend, an, an English friend in Mexico where I live, who is a coach, and and I thought it sounded so fascinating what she was doing. So I hired her for, as a coach. And the funny thing is, it coincided with this period in my life where I felt like I was looking for something and I didn't know what, which sounds really nonsensical, but it turns out that what I was looking for actually was coaching, and I think what I what it boils down to is I was looking to understand this idea of self-awareness which I'd been in this sort of reactive mode as up to then in my life without really understanding that we can observe ourselves and we can choose to do things differently if that's what we want to do and that's what coaching gave to me that sort of that window of understanding about self-awareness and so then I started to apply it in my daily life with my kids and with everything with everyone around me and I really noticed the difference just felt like a like I was a different person all of a sudden what was different I think it's just this ability to observe yourself just Mm. the ability to you can take a pause and you can think how do I want to respond to this or how do I want to be in this situation I don't have Mm. to just do the same thing as I always did yeah and I think that's that was what was really powerful so it's quintessentially moving from reaction to responsiveness. Yes. Yeah. Taking the pause. Yeah. And focusing more as as much on the being and on the doing. All these are coachy things we all say all the time, but it's so true. It's this sort of, we go through life and we're just in reactive mode. And so it gave you a toolbox that you used in life and in your kids and everything else. Sounds yeah. Like and I remember... One instance in particular with one of my kids who was quite 
emotionally dysregulated, I'd say, or, or prone to, to, to react over big reactions anyway. And I remember the first time that I applied with him the, well, what we wouldn't, what I would now call the ACE tool, which I didn't call it that specifically, but the idea of validating emotions. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I did that with him and he just, it was just, he just froze. He couldn't work out what was going on because instead of him reacting in how he always did and me reacting how I always did and this and it's escalating into a drama I just didn't react I just acknowledged that oh, I can see this is really hard for you and I just remember his face he was just bewildered he, just, he didn't know what hey like oh. and it was like now what do I do and so we see that so often this community is that when we as parents begin to change our approach and the way we're communicating with our kids that's the change that we want but often before we start getting the change, we get this like deer in a headlights response of, wait, what are you, what's going on here? <laughs> I don't know what's going on now. Now what do I do? The interesting thing is that it, it serves several purposes because one, you don't get tied into the drama. Yeah. And two, you're modeling exactly what you would like to see at the same time because you're, by not getting tied into the drama, you're able to then work out what to do next. Once you've got over the, oh, I can see this is really hard for you, or this is really upsetting for you. What do you think we can do about that? It just shifts everything to a different place. And the thing I love about what you're saying is that parents say all the time, but they won't change. They won't change. I'm like, if you change the way you're dancing and the dance will change. And so it really does make a difference if you just try something different sometimes. I was on a group with, we run parent coaching groups. All three of us lead parent coaching groups in this community. And I was on a group with the parents, a group of teens. And what we were talking about was this notion of that as parents, we can be an invitation to the change that we want and the change that they want. And so what you're saying, that modeling is really inviting them to approach the world from a different way, in a different way. Yeah. And I think... That was such a that was such a game changer in this with this particular child that every that that then the reactions became less and less. His reactions became less and less and less. Yeah. As a result of my reactions becoming less and less and less. <laughs> right. And so on and in all the good ways, right? Yeah. So we, can, we can escalate it and make it worse, but we can also de-escalate it and make it better. Yeah. Right? That's what you're speaking to. And so unravel that just a little bit. What do you think it was that de-escalated it for him in that moment? Me not taking the bait, I suppose you could say. Or just instead of getting into a tug of war about whatever it was, that's not the way to express that, whatever it was. I can't remember what the situation was. Just allowing him to feel that. Mm Mm-hmm. And seeing it, right? It's, and, it's... Yeah, feeling heard, feeling seen, and then moving on to the next thing. It, it, it's, it's, it's almost miraculous. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds so simple, and yet it is so outrageously profound. Yeah. And so then, from then on, I once I saw that kind of win, that little success, I thought, oh, this is done really onto something now. Mm-hmm. So then I started applying it. And how often do we as humans get into conversation with whoever it is, whether it's our kids or other adults, where it's we're so focused on what we want to say or getting our point across or making sure that 
we're right, you're wrong. There's all this sort of, again, that reactivity in our communication. But if we take a step back and go, I have this, we're recording this right after Thanksgiving in the US. And so of course, during the holidays, there's always a little bit of everything in the family. And it's somebody says something and instead of pouncing in, it's like, if I can take a minute and go, whoa, wait a second, let me just let that be where it is and not have to get involved with it. Sometimes that makes such a big difference in in relationship, in communication, all of those pieces. It's that pause. I was the way that I was taught it initially, because I took a coaching program that wasn't really a very good one. And then I went into the CTI coaching. The metaphor that I was taught for that pause was a humming. I don't know if you've ever watched a hummingbird, but hummingbirds, which are prevalent in Mexico, they always pause before they flutter around and then they pause for a moment before they go into the flower. And that was the sort of visual that I had of this hummingbird pausing. I like that. that the was, hummingbird uh, effect or something where there's got to be a name to it. I like that. Yeah. I love that. Interesting one. So so you got into coaching and fast forward a little bit, you got into parent coaching. You were doing parent, into coaching, parent coaching because I really felt like that's where I resonated most. Actually, before that, I, I was doing executive coaching and I could see that there were so many things in the people that I was coaching that had to do with either them being ADHD and not really knowing about it or having emotional regulation issues that clearly weren't managed very well mm-hmm. in their childhood. And so they're now, they were now suffering with it as, as adults kind of thing. Yeah. And so that made me think, oh, parents is where really I want to be. And it also something, it was something that really resonated with me anyway. Yeah. And so then I started doing workshops and things here in Mexico. And then I found impact coaching, impact parents, and thought that what you were doing really resonated even more. Well, it was just, it was just, it was more of the same in a great, in a great package kind of thing. Yeah, that I always say that we we didn't make this up, but we packaged it really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But let's talk about that for a little bit. We were talking about it before before we we started. And actually, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and, and dive into that. Okay? Okay. Hi, it's Elaine. And if you like this podcast, you'll love our coach approach. Whether you're a parent looking for support or a professional supporting families, we invite you to download a free guide with 12 key coaching tools at impactparents.com slash gift. You can begin using a coach approach to help kids become more independent or improve all of your conversations at work and at home. That's impactparents.com slash gift. Welcome back, everybody. Our guest is our, our friend and colleague, Elena Nichols. And we were talking about she's, you started off, Elena, doing coaching, and then you moved into parent coaching, and then you found us. And it it was after we were working together for a little bit that I discovered that you were actually the parent of complex kids and hadn't even really seen it through that lens. Will you speak to that a little bit? Because I think this is a common experience in our community. Yeah, my, one of my kids is is dyslexic and as is my husband or was, they've got over it really, but they obviously as as children, it was, they suffered with it more. And I, it's funny, actually, when I think about when I first noticed that she, that she was, that she had this struggle, she was struggling to read. 
it really, I'm not proud of how I reacted in, at the time now, looking back on it, because I had my eldest son who was a, he, he would devour books and he was a great reader. And I had somewhere in my brain this idea that if I, a good mother has children that reads a lot. So I ticked the box with my first. <laughs> and so then my daughter came along and she was really struggling. And my react, my response to that was, she's letting me down. It, it was like this, my frustration <laughs> and my expectations of what a good mother should look like were being shattered because my daughter was struggling to read. She's just so absurd. But very normal. Yeah. Very normal. Oh, well, how often do we measure ourselves on our kids' performance? That's exactly, exactly. what we tend to do. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really this sort of expectations on ourselves. It, yeah. It's this idea of our expectations for our kids and then it's expectations of what we think good mothers are. Yeah. what the, the children of good mothers do kind of thing. Yes. And um, I was going to say, yeah. what, what are their behaviors that make us somehow a good mother? <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did wrestle with that a little bit and then realized I was going, I was being completely ridiculous. <laughs> there was this lovely little girl doing her best to read and really struggling and, and me feeling frustrated. And I was, what was that about? So then Yes, got we got you got yeah, some support, got some support in place, and all sorts of things, and really focused on the strengths of which there are. Turns out there were trillions of her other talents, and so we really focused on the other talents. And lo and behold, years later, she's now twenty. The reading thing just hardly even features anymore. Yeah. Because so, so talk, going talk a little bit about what happened for you as you began to become educated about neurodiversity and became neurodiver- became a neurodiversity informed coach as opposed to a typical coach. What shifted for you? I think what's interesting about it is that I think everybody can relate at some to some degree with the neurodiversity. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't consider myself neurodiverse but there are lots of things that I that come up that I think yeah that's a bit me and that's a bit me as well <laughs> so <laughs> I just think it's a it's interesting it's a kind of a condition of degrees because we all experience it to some degree and I find that fascinating it's just and some people have have it have a greater degree and other people have a lesser degree and the people that have a great degree tend to have so many other fascinating facets to their, to their personality yeah. or to their talents and things, which makes it really interesting to me. I find it really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So any place else you want to go, Diana, or can we move into to, to the Spanish world a little bit? No, let's talk go. about Spanish. Okay. So here's the story for the rest of, here's the rest of the story for those of you listening. Elena and a couple of other coaches in our community and our professional community have been working with us and came to, to us and said, we'd love to help make this available in Spanish. And we had been working on, we'd love to make this available in Spanish. And how do we do that? And we'd had some forays into that. And I had delivered sanity school once in an entire day with a Spanish translator. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And so we've been playing with it for a couple of years. And so Alana really spearheaded, along with Arancha, another one of our coaches, a group of, of four coaches who sat down with all of the material and all of the curricula and created a, a guide effectively for how do you take this work and translate it 
honestly, authentically into Spanish. And we ended up with a book contract for the Essential Guide to come out in Spanish, thanks to Arancha. And we're able to guide the translators, thanks to Elena Arancha and, and two other coaches, to really get this into Spanish-speaking language in a way that was resonant, that was authentic with the coaching, because coaching language is its own thing, right? Right. And then you were then able to take it and actually teach, translate and teach sanity school in Spanish. Talk a little bit about what that experience was like for you. And it was really interesting. The whole part of making the Spanish, because I don't know, for non-Spanish speakers, you're probably not so aware that Spanish vocabulary and things are different in different different parts of the Spanish speaking world. They use different phrases, they use different words for things so we had to collaborate on finding the language which worked everywhere because there are some words that they'll say in Spain that make no sense in Mexico and vice versa and the same with Argentina and Chile and other places so we had to do this accommodating the language so that it made sense to everybody finding finding the common ground sort of thing so that was a really interesting process using what we were calling a universal Spanish so really trying to create a single universal Spanish language representation. Go ahead. Right. And then we had the pleasure of presenting it to some groups that you organized in Chicago. And it was really fun. It was fun doing it in Spanish. Yeah. So picture this, everybody. Elena is in Mexico. Arancha is in Spain. Jenny was in California. Who else was there? Was- LA was in Alaska. LA was in Alaska. We spanned the whole of the Americas, I think. Yeah. And, and they were all on Zoom <laughs> and the group was in Chicago. So you have a group of parents in a room in Chicago in a school convened by an organization that, that we collaborated with. We'll put their information in the show notes. Yeah. And, and so you've got these instructors zooming in from across the world to teach sanity school in Spanish to them in their local community. It was really, it was outrageously cool, I think. Yes, it was really good. And we got a really good response. And hopefully there'll be more of that. Yeah, we did. You've delivered it twice, if I recall. Delivered it twice, yeah. And now the book is out in Spanish. So now anybody who's out there listening who has a resource or a way to help us fund this in other Spanish-speaking communities, there is the well, resources or, or are a, there. Or <laughs> has a community want. group, right? It's just, there are Spanish-speaking community groups all over the place. And so just know that we're out there and looking for opportunities to collaborate. Yeah. Yeah, it would be lovely to do it again. I'd really like it. It's really been an extraordinary, and, and then there's been some conversation, and I think maybe in the coming year, we'll begin to put more resources on, onto the internet in Spanish. You've done some translation of some of the articles in Spanish. So there's this slow, steady, gradual process of beginning to bring this coach approach, these materials available to the Spanish-speaking community all over the world. It's pretty extraordinary. I it, yeah, I think it's going to be greatly appreciated. I do. So as we move towards closing the conversation, and we're not there yet, but what I, I guess what I would pose to you is, I can imagine that five, six years ago, being part of this was not part of, was not a vision you had for your future. This no. set out and say, <laughs> I want to become a part of Impact ADHD, Impact Parents. So I guess the question is, what's been the What's been the impact for you, the benefit for you of being part of this world? 
Oh, it's been great. I'm really, I'm so grateful for the opportunity I've had to work with you all because not only have I learned an awful lot from very good coaches, I have had the opportunity to coach people because you have clients from all over the world, all over the world. Yeah. Which has been really interesting. And so it's been, I've learned a lot. There's been fascinating people that I've been coaching from all over the place. And it's a really nice community. It just, everything seems to flow really easily in Impact Parents. It's like that there isn't, nothing seems to get stuck. Everything gets worked out. And everybody seems to have a really lovely disposition to working with everyone else. And so it's just been a pleasure. It really has. That's a lovely feedback. Thank you for that. No, it really has been my pleasure. It really has. So you started off wondering that there was something out there on this kind of personal growth journey ahead for you. What Mm. would you say is your greatest, the growth that you've experienced most for yourself? I think that just the experience of having coaching that first time, I found so fascinating that I then thought, I've got to learn more about this. I need to train to become a coach, which I then did. And then a whole other new facet of my life opened up Mm. because then I started to work as a coach, which is I love coaching. I love coaching people. I love that connection that you get with people that you don't, you wouldn't get ordinarily in many other jobs. And I think it just, it was like a a coaching for me was like a door opening to a whole other world, which has now become a big part of my life. Mm -hmm. So I feel that great. Yeah. Diane, where, what are you thinking? Where should we go? As we yeah, I don't, I've, conversation? there's so many different pieces in this. And I think that what's coming up as you're talking about this is, and it's a lesson for our parents and not just for us as professionals, is that part of this work focusing on our kids is that it supports us, right? It's like, you're modeling this so well. It's like this sort of learning these coaching tools and learning this modality and doing this thing that you love is not just helping you, but it's helping the people that you work with, whether it's your kids or your clients or whoever it is. And I think that's the inspiration I want to share with the rest of the group is part of what we do at Impact Parents is teach coaching tools to parents, not so you can be your kid's coach, but so that you can get a little glimpse or a big glimpse of some of the things that all of us at Impact Parents have gotten when we became coaches, that we became much stronger parents. And so I think that that's- All of our kids. All of our kids, yeah. Right, it's not just complex kids. It's- Oh, oh, absolutely. This applies to, it applies to every child and every body, I think. It really does, the coaching tools. Yeah. It's really useful. Did I interrupt you, Diane? Were you going someplace? No, that's all right. No, it's all good. No, but the point is that helping our kids helps us, right? It's a sort of, that's the message that if you're here listening, going, I got to figure out what to do to help my kid. The invitation is, oh, wait, maybe this has some nice side effects for you too, from a personal development perspective, from a toolbox perspective, and the tools that we teach and that you learn are really just amazing communication tools that make life and relationships easier and lighter and more fun, frankly, for most of them. I think what it does also, it it makes you feel like you have, you're more in control, not of other people, but of yourself. You're just more in control of yourself. And that's a really powerful thing to feel like you're more in control of yourself. I haven't talked about this in, in years, I think, but when I first 
got into this and we started impact, I used to talk about my goal for the, for my clients is that I want them to all have a bring it on attitude because life is coming at us. And if you look at where, where we've all been in the last three or four years, life is coming at us. Yeah. And if we can have a toolbox that lets us dance with it, swing at it, navigate it without freaking out <laughs> every time something comes at us, it's pretty powerful. And I really think that's what it is. It gives us the tools to shift from a defense mode to a dancing with being with mode. And it's what is what's coming up as you're saying that, Elaine, and we were talking about this in another call recently, is a lot of times parents don't get here until they're in crisis mode. And it's this sort of, yes, you have been having a lot of things thrown at you. And so if you're just listening to the podcast and things are a little off balance, but not okay, not doesn't quite feel okay, don't wait until it gets really bad. Don't, Eleni, you were saying that earlier about your daughter. It's, oh, it wasn't so bad, but the reality is that all of us as parents need help, deserve help. Most of us are not invited or told that being a parent is challenging enough that you should need help. And we try to go it alone and it's exhausting and hard. And even if it's not as bad as it could be, it's, it's still not fun. No, it's definitely easier when there are other people to share the right, share, share the load with. And well, and that's one of the great things about impact, isn't it? It's the community aspect of it, mm -hmm. for parents to know that they're not alone, that there are many other people that are in the same boat. Um, and for us as professionals too, that's, I think that's part of the magic is that we have, we support each other. We're out there coaching parents with all kinds of issues. And then we come together once a month and connect with each yeah. other and talk to each other and help each other continue to navigate all of the complexities. And that makes for a healthier dynamic all the way around, I think. So, mm -hmm. so Alana, is there anything we haven't tapped into or touched on that you want to hit before we wrap? Or is there something we've touched on that you want to reiterate as we begin to wrap this conversation? It's funny, but lately, this issue of expectations on ourselves has come up a lot for me. I, it, it came up on in a PSS group that we had recently on, about expectations, and it, we flipped it from expectations for our children to Ex our own expectations of what it is to be a good mother kind of thing. Mm, yeah. And that idea I've been chewing on and I was having a conversation about it yesterday with a, one of my best friends and it just seems to keep coming up. And I just, it's just something that I think is really worth considering this idea of we, if we accept with an idea of what a good mother is, that there's one way to be a good mother kind of thing. And just think about that. Mm. You know, think about what, because we have to be a different mother for each child as well and That's so right. it's being a good mother for one of them is different from being a good mother to the other one because they need different things well so and being a good mother you have to be your version of a good mother right yeah. even just the three of us we've all been trained in the same model but we're all very different mothers in terms of how we show up because we're different humans and how often do you see parents getting stuck in the comparison game and they're like oh i'm not doing what she's doing i'm not doing what he's doing it's an easy it's an easy trap yeah Yes, it is an easy trap. And then I was just saying, so when Elena referred to PSS, that's what we call our coaching group, our parent success system. Mm -hmm. And I was talking about expectations in a group, I guess it was last week or the week mm -hmm. before. 
And what was interesting is we ended up talking not just about parenting expectations, but also about the kids' expectations and Mm. their tendency to put expectations on themselves or to make assumptions about what they expect the adults expect of them. And so it's not just us, but it's also being clear about what's, what are assumptions versus when are we establishing expectations and when are we just defaulting into them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's evaluating, questioning ourselves, isn't it? About what are they? What are the expectations I have on myself? And are they, is that reasonable? But what's mm-hmm. the expectations on the system itself, whether it's internal, external, there's all these different lenses of expectations that often get in the way. Yeah. Interesting. So if people want to get in touch with you, Elena, they can find you at impactparents.com. That's right. Which, is, which will be in the show we'll notes. We'll put the link to Elena's bio in the notes. So as we close, what do you have a favorite quote or motto that you'd like to share with our... One I came across the other day, which I liked, which was, it's a Stephen Covey quote. And he says, first seek to understand and then to be understood. Ooh. So I think when it comes to our kids, that's a really good one. Yeah, it really is. It takes us all the way back to the beginning of our conversation where we were talking about the pause before the response. I love that. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for being here, Elena. Thank you for being part of our community. You have been a steady, delightful, consistent, and provocative in a good way member of our community so we are thrilled to have you in our on our team on our bench Hmm. and doing this amazing work in the world with us thank you thank you thank you for the opportunity so those of you who are listening do your wrap up take a minute and just reflect on the conversation we've had today with elena what was it that caught your attention capture an aha for yourself or a commitment to what you want to do differently moving forward based on what you've heard today And as always, and is exactly what this conversation has been about more than anything, remember that what you do for yourself has this huge impact on how you show up for your kids. And at the end of the day, you make an enormous difference. Take care, everybody. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.